Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today we discuss Prometheus, probably the most advertised film over the last five or six months. Massive marketing campaign. Yeah, huge. Constantly seeing trailers for this thing and going to discuss it. So just a heads up, regular listeners would know we always talk about films after having seen them, so be aware this podcast is full of spoilers. Um, you can find all our other podcasts at www.podmeifyoucan.com and just other links to episodes, Facebook, whatever you like there. So Prometheus was one of Lloyd's films that he was looking forward to in our upcoming films right, yep. podcast. Tell us what you thought. Well, as I said in the previous uh, podcast, um, I, I talked a lot about Ridley Scott, how he fathered in the whole entire Alien franchise. Of the three, in my opinion, most influential sci-fi films, uh, Star Wars, Blade Runner and Alien, Ridley Scott's done two of the three. Mm -hmm. I understand Stanley Kubrick with 2001 and Fritz Lang with uh, Metropolis and so forth. And of course, Lumiere, what's that guy's name who did, uh, that was centred in um, Hugo? Like, obviously, he had... Oh, George Melier. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Man on the Moon. Um, That was a huge, huge influence in cinema. But I think in terms of comic books, video games, a whole entire franchise... Blade Runner and Alien, what they've done to the look of sci-fi, is, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's been really hungry for Ridley Scott's return to the sci-fi world. Was this it? And this is it. Um, he said, I, I won't make a return until the script is absolutely perfect. So this is his big thing. And I thought it was excellent. I thought it was beautiful looking movie. Um, I went into it expecting a prequel to Alien. Like mm-hmm. I read that it wasn't, mm-hmm. but... It, but it was still in the felt same like universe. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it still felt like one. And there were obviously touches of it. It was very polished. And I think this is before the incidents in Alien occurred. So there's obviously technological discrepancies there, sort of like how Star Wars 4 and you got Episode 1, which was like a prequel, and you got that tech. Well, doesn't that look like technically more advanced? Yeah, you know, when because they see, of when it was made. Yeah, sure. because of when it was made. When they see Luke Skywalker's parents mm. or uncles that look after him. Uncle when they Ben, go, yep. yeah. Uncle Ben, when they go back to their thing, it just looks so much more advanced than yeah. Episode 4, you know, and those things. Yeah. Um, but I, I really liked it. I was really looking forward to this. I got caught up in all the hype, and I tried to avoid the trailers, as you mentioned in the previous podcast, and I came into this going... If we yeah. don't stop it, there won't be any worth to come back to. <laughs> you constantly know, and, seeing and it that. And kind of had that alien thing, constant fade to black, fade up, you know, and somebody, you know, in their sort of like space underwear looking in the mirror, something's about to burst out of them, that sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Just quickly on the trailer, um, Numi rapace rapace yeah um the what do you call it main yeah, she was in the, lead. In the dragon tattoo the european version. the original yeah, ones yeah. yeah she's also in sherlock holmes the second one oh, I haven't seen sherlock holmes, yeah. in, in the trailer there's a scene where she's in front of the mirror and she clasps her hands together as if like praying, praying. almost yeah that wasn't in the movie it wasn't in the movie at all <laughs> they, they cut it just before that that was seemed really interesting um i guess it was just that's a really powerful image as well like the yeah. Hands. yeah sort of really sold well in the trailer but anyway there's so much pressure in this film i feel sorry for ridley scott because it's like everyone wants to, all the sci-fi geeks mm. you know and they're the most unforgiving crowd oh, i shouldn't say that really but they're like the ones who are going to look at it technically and hack it to pieces you know and stuff like that well i feel like it was beautiful to look at. oh yes i mean movie. really well made um and the 3d this is i think really scott's first film in 3d mm-hmm. and it was really you know it felt like 
kind of like a 3D movie. It wasn't attacking the eyes, it was more immersive. And I think that's like, sort of like Avatar and Hugo, which didn't really go, hey, I'm in 3D, look out. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought, why am I watching Prometheus in 3D? Yes, yeah. Um, if you watch the opening titles, the white text um, sort of really sticks out at you. And it's really, really distracting because you go from looking, it's, it really becomes in the foreground, the text, and it goes from uh, that back to the sort of natural images behind it. And you have to keep adjusting back and forth. Sure. And the only other time I thought it was really used was, it's like a sandstorm, like a metal storm that they get caught in. And that stuff's all flying past the camera in 3D. Yeah. But it's flying past so fast, it's nauseating. Yeah. It's just okay, like... Okay, yeah. I was just like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> this is really annoying more than anything. I thought it was really good the, when um, the computer, the Android guy, unlocks... David. Yeah, unlocks the uh, solar thing map and all the mapping of mm. the... Oh, I can't explain. The hologram. The holograms, The hologram yeah. map. I thought that looked pretty cool. Yeah, that was the best thing to stick out of 3D. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because Earth is like right in the center. of You saw like the bubbles in the beginning of um, Avatar when uh, Worthington's floating and the bubbles there. You know, mm. just right out at you. Yeah, I, I didn't think this needed to be in 3D at all. Sure, sure. Uh, I thought it was really unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just me. Um... All right, I want to talk right at the beginning of this film. There's a uh, a white humanoid kind of looking alien. We'll we'll call them aliens because they kind of are. Well, I think they're referred to as the engineers. Oh yes, the engineers. Let's <laughs> let's call them that. The engineers. Um. All right, and this guy at the beginning, the engineer, sort of. I think immediately this ruined the surprise of how like human the aliens look. Sure. You sort of see them straight away. And I guess that's a tactic not to hide did them. You, did it hit you? Like, because I was like going, oh, this is an alien film. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? You know, and the mystery of it immediately it, got It took me. me ages to be like, who the hell was that guy who fell into the waterfall and like dissolved like aspirin? The emphasis on the DNA. Like mm. there was a lot of close-ups. Zoomed a lot into of his, yeah. And, the DNA. and I think the idea was that he spawned the human race. You mm. know, the chariots of the gods theory and all that. Yeah, well, there was like an alien ship flying above him. Flying away, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So he it was... seemed like, I guess he's on Earth and I guess that's what's going on. It's interesting what I got from the engineers from the whole thing i got that they were this uh, they were humans but mm. they could advance their dna um so they were so fit they were superhuman they were so tall and large and they were super fit super yep. strong yeah and i have no idea why they started <laughs> like I, th- I guess they wanted to start again on another planet yeah and then, like that, and then they know. changed their minds change their minds you know. or something but the, the idea is that they can manipulate um, sort of like Gattaca what's what's the idea manipulate or engineer the a person's genetics yeah and they were like the superhuman advanced form of us yeah that's the idea I got from the whole thing. you can breed out bad genetic yes and the whole idea of the creation of aliens was uh, uh, an amalgamation of this perfect experiment human? yeah amalgamation of this perfect human of uh, it's just an experiment gone wrong that's all it's all like the Frankenstein syndrome mm. um, you're after Sonic and you create something completely different than these monsters like yeah it's pretty cool pretty interesting mm. yeah really <laughs> really was like it's, it's crazy to think you know you can sort of try and answer questions with this prequel yes yeah um Let's talk about Numi Rapace. This is one of the only things I've seen her in, so I thought it was a pretty solid performance. Yeah, no. Yes. She Uh, had uh, tears in her eyes when she found the invitation at the beginning. She was a true believer, and I think she sold that pretty well. It's funny because this film's been criticised for having no characterisation at all. Mm. You know, it probably is just all glazed over, but you can't deny the performances of everyone. Everyone really, like, you can tell they had enormous respect for the project coming in. 
Yeah. Well, I tweeted this and you saw it the other day that I thought uh, Charlie, her boyfriend, looked a lot like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. From uh, Bane and, you know, Warrior. I think it's which... the shaved head thing. I don't know. The, I don't know. He, what's I, that I, soccer player's name? David Beckham. Yeah, who engineered that look. You I know? guess so. <laughs> With the five o'clock shadow of the shaved I don't head. think he invented shaving your head. No. But <laughs> <laughs> I had to look up to see what uh, this guy was in. Logan Marshall Green. What else he'd right. been in. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what I know him from. He was <laughs> in the OC. He was Ryan Atwood's brother, Trey. <laughs> Is he British? Because he had a slight accent. Or I don't maybe know if he's British. Hearing it. Because it was, you know, everyone, I guess, was from all corners of the earth and they mm. all had this American slash British accents, you know, and all that. Yeah. No, I have no idea if he was British. Sure. I'm sorry to yeah, say. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing about this was, and I don't know if you realized, it was written by J.J. Abrams. The script was? Oh, no. Damon Lindelof, sorry. Right. Uh, from Lost. Oh, okay. Um, who wrote... Uh, Cowboys and Aliens right and uh, Prometheus and he's writing the new Star Trek wow Damon okay. Lindelof I thought yeah. this was a solid story yeah, yeah he, he's learned everything from Lost wow so, okay sure um, so he's one of J.J. Abrams yeah boys. sorry that's yeah, why yeah. I said J.J. Abrams no you're right, you're right. Damon Lindelof yeah. yeah oh cool yeah so yeah, I think yeah. you know he's going to have some success as a writer now having worked in TV and moving into yep. film it's sort of really interesting and now that Alcatraz got canned in the US <laughs> sure I'll have more to do where's my writers <laughs> yeah. um, so i got to ask you a question the crew of 17 mm. in the year 2093, as all the text told us. Um, so they've been on the ship for two years in this, like, space odyssey type hypersleep, yep. right? Now, have they lost two years of life I'd, or are they suspended for two years? I think they're suspended because in Alien, well, in the Alien universe, in Alien, Sigourney Weaver comes out of hibernation because she's been lost out and a salvage crew just finds her. Mm. And they go, sorry, your daughter is, you know, she still looks young and beautiful. Like she hasn't aged at all. Mm -hmm. And they show her pictures of her daughter. She died at 89. She didn't have any kids, you know, and that's the last thing. They show her a picture and it's actually, I think, Sigourney Weaver's mom. Mm. But she still looks young. So I think the idea is in space, you don't age. It freezes. Yeah, freezes. I, I don't know the science behind it, but that's what happened in Alien. So I guess they're going ahead with that idea. Mm. In I know they had to drink all those fluids to get back their muscle yes. mass and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I guess suspension of their life. I thought it would be sort of interesting if... Because there, there was a line which said, you know, did anyone die? Um... And that made me think that maybe they could have sort of died during yes. the sleep. No, which, definitely, yeah. They could have hit turbulence or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I thought maybe, you know, they could have died through natural causes. Like, did anyone die? Sure, yeah. One of them had a heart attack or something in there because no, that, two possible. years of yeah, time yeah. had gone by. But yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, all right. I thought performance of the film was Michael Fassbender. Yeah, he had the best role. He did, didn't yeah. he? As he was David kind the of robot. The lead, wasn't he? <laughs> he? He stole the film for me. He yeah. had that scene where he was um, playing basketball and riding a bike, showing like he, he he was watching films, mimicking human behaviors. Yeah, he's, um, emulating Peter O'Toole and uh, taking a lot of lines from Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. Um, by David Lean which is really cool <laughs> <laughs> he's combing his hair he was eating He does he want to be human yep he, um, this brings up an interesting point a lot of people reckon this is in the same universe not only of Alien but also of Blade Runner and he's a replicant alright that's pretty cool you know although um, Blade Runner is 2019 mm. so this is like well ahead after post Blade Runner and I could see that like I could accept that if somebody told me oh it's also a sequel he's a replicant it's also in the same universe as um a Blade Runner, you know, mm. and 
Blade Runner has been probably the most studied film of all time because of the philosophy behind it and so forth. Mm. And it's interesting, this film raises a lot of those points, you know, goes into it a little, little bit more, what is human, you know, and they're asking, badgering the, the rep, sorry, the, the robot, the android, um, a lot of questions like, but you don't care, you know. Yeah. Because how would you feel if the creator, you know, meeting your feel. maker and so forth. Yeah. Well, he says... Um, he just wants to be free in a way. He says, uh, I suppose I will be free, you know, like that's, he doesn't know what he'll do next kind of thing. Yeah. Which is a really sort of fascinating sequel if they do one, you know, for him to no longer have a specific purpose. Um, although he has his whole agenda the entire time, like he's constantly doing something and you're like, why are you doing yes. that? Yeah. Like, you know, it's sort of a little bit like Space Odyssey, how the computers like can't let... Um, you know, Hal can't let the uh, yes, the uh, astronauts. Of, yeah, a lot of uh, um, similarities drawn to that, but it's also the exact same structure as Alien and Aliens. Mm. You always had somebody working, like you got the team, and one of them's a bad guy or mm. working for a corporation. In um, Alien, the first one, it was actually the android himself. He was like, he was like, actually turned out to be the bad guy in the S end of the group. Spoilers on Alien, if you haven't seen it. My gosh, if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Um, and Aliens. Um, uh, by James Cameron the bad guy wasn't the replicant oh sorry it wasn't the android it was um, the guy from Mad About You I keep forgetting his name but he was actually part of the corporation Mad About You? Yeah Did you, did you say? I'm pretty sure it's Mad About You um, So a Paul Reiser Yeah the Paul main Reiser guy. Yeah the main guy mm -hmm. um, He was actually the bad guy wanting more money to get through the corporate so there's this idea of a corporation behind the whole thing yeah. very much the same in um, Prometheus there's Wayland the corporation of yeah. that who builds new and better worlds mm -hmm. they're like the um it got, you know, the puppet masters sort of thing um, in this universe, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, they instigate the whole journey. I mean, yeah. and the hidden agenda obviously will lead us to the whole Guy Pierce conversation. Cool, yeah. That's Just, your man. <laughs> I, I think Guy Pierce is very underrated. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think he's a fantastic actor, and I look forward to him being recognized in the same way that Russell Crowe and, like, uh, well, Russell Crowe really took off after, like, LA Confidential, which Guy Pierce was in as well. For some reason, they went in completely different trajectories. I think the best part, not only can Guy Pierce act, but he's such a good-looking guy. You know, you, they got to utilize him before he ages, you know, the best years of his life. You know, he's, if he walks away now from it, retires, he's still got a great, great body of work behind him. But, mm. yeah, as you say, he hasn't hit that recognition as Russell Crowe. You say Guy Pierce to people and say, oh, I think I know who he is, but mm. you say Russell Crowe, everyone knows Russell Crowe. Well, Guy Pierce did death-defying acts where he played Houdini. And uh, made me think that he was really going for an Oscar there. You sure, know, like yeah. he wants that Oscar. He's just sort of picking these not as good movies, I guess. But you mentioned uh, he's a good looking guy. That, it wasn't evident in this film. <laughs> no, he's obviously in the old man makeup. And this is uh, one of the big problems with the film for me. Um, because as I saw it, he was third billing on the opening titles, yep. right? And then he was in that one hologram scene. So being the, the kind of film watcher that I am I thought that's not the only scene we'll see of him yeah and then when I heard there was 17 on board I thought oh, I wonder if he's still in this little hibernation chamber and uh, obviously wow, no he surprises. was <laughs> well there was a surprise for me because I thought I did figure he would be on the ship but I thought that they would find the engineers and the reason that they would have cast Guy Pierce was because they were going to do some kind of Benjamin Button age down where he 
was you know something they gave him something like an elixir or something oh i see yeah. and that he would have suddenly gone young again and looked like guy pierce yeah right and so i thought that's why they've cast guy pierce because they want a guy who can play 30 something 40 you know yeah sort of age when he loses you know 50 years off his life um but then they didn't do that and I thought, why hire Guy Pierce for this role at all? You could have put Guy Pierce in the lead scientist role. Yeah. You could have put him as one of the co-pilots. I mean, I would have accepted him as the captain. So you're saying just hire any old dude? Well, I thought Donald Sutherland could have sure, done it. Yeah. I mean, I know Gene Hackman's oh, retired. That's an interesting point. It just yeah. didn't make any sense for me in this role at all yeah and then he sort of gets killed fairly easily it's interesting because uh, um, Ridley Scott is renowned for perfection in his casting mm. so he obviously saw something in Guy Pierce, but you're right he could have got Peter O'Toole who would have came running at the role yep. Peter O'Toole himself how cool would have that been with Lawrence of Arabia yeah. references yeah. exactly and I, I thought and hire someone in the appropriate age group <laughs> after the film I was just like why is Guy Pierce in that role it's ridiculous <laughs> I don't understand that casting at all at all sure. and, and he didn't look terrible as an old man you know yeah. it's Guy Pierce. the makeup job was adequate I had to look that up afterwards oh that's right that was Guy Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't make any sense sure um, as always, we sort of dig through my problems on this podcast. <laughs> I know every now and then I, I sort of say, "Did oh, you like the film?" Though I did. I was about to say I really did enjoy the film. Yeah. I just thought the ending was a bit weak. I, the only issues I had was the action issues. Like they burn this guy, and I'm assuming Fifal or Farfall or whatever his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. He comes back alive, kills a bunch of people, and then there's a, it's juxtaposed with another action scene of the girl who's pregnant with this squid yeah and they go oh, yeah we're about to operate on you she busts out of there and I don't know what they're doing she runs into a medical room to have it surgically removed again I don't know what's happened to the guy it's like they went oh she ran away and that's it <laughs> you know they didn't they didn't do anything to hunt her down you didn't like, like the that. editing I don't know if it's the editing I had issues with but it just seemed I, I, I didn't know what was what was happening the action and then these guys were fighting this infected guy i guess he was infected with um from um uh, fassbender putting the uh the that chemical inside his drink well charlie the scientist boyfriend yes like yeah he was the guy infected who he turns yeah. into a, a monster and uh, the red-headed guy kind of turns into a monster oh the red-headed guy turns into a monster yeah the the scientist boyfriend is like, kill me, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, so he's burnt and gone he away. He gets burnt oh, and that's that the him end of him. coming back. Okay, No, right. no, the guy who um, had the red hair and the yes. the mohawk, Fifel, Farfel, yeah. whatever his name was. He's the guy who was like turned into a monster. I don't, I don't think he was the guy who turned into a monster, was he? He came up in like a crab-like position. Yes. Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that was him. That was a good red hair because didn't they find a guy with the whole, his whole mask was incinerated in. That was one of the bodies. Um, you know his his whole mask was melted in and he falls in and you remember they turn over a body and that, that that's the same well you're making me doubt it now I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure yeah yeah Either way. exactly you see how we we're arguing about this it's, that's a fault of the movie well, <laughs> I, I was I was pretty sure it was that Farfall guy oh, okay. well, I wasn't paying that much either attention either way they infected so the worms grew from the black liquid they uh, mutated I'm assuming they're worms <laughs> well there and, were worms in that room because of 
Like, yeah, but I, I, I... Yeah, and then they jump onto the guy, infect one of the guys, because they found one body in there. Well, that snake thing, like, the cut into that the suit... That broke his arm. Yeah. Oh, man, I was flinching. Yeah, yeah, and then went into the guy's mouth. Yes. That was the body they found, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, because I interpret it as the other one, the other guy who... Yeah, well... Anyway, they well, found one body. He had sort of a messed up face, yes. the crab-like guy, which is why I thought it was sure. far no, no. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I'm not, now I feel like <laughs> we, should, we need to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. I guess it wasn't that clear. Yeah, yeah. Ridley, if you're listening. Yeah. Okay, and then he comes back as a monster and just kills people. Yeah, just holding attacks him down. Them. And then she's finally removed the squid and contaminated in this room. Mm-hmm. And then we rush off to what was the third sequence after that? So they managed to, after the guy kills several of the men from Prometheus, they managed to kill him. Yep. Um, and then let's assume it's Farfall, Fifal, whatever his name is, the redheaded guy. Just so it's clear. Yes, just, just yeah, yeah. What just we're saying. Yeah. And then, um, and then it cuts immediately. She finds. Uh, what's his name Guy Pierce's character yep. Awakening Wayland, They ignore yep. everything of that And go in headstrong To directly talk to the, the, engineer, the engineer The living one who The living Michael one Fassbender The engineer found. You know And no one has looked Inside the contaminated room at all they're, like it doesn't show up on a ship coordinates hey there's something moving in this ship you know mm-hmm. they're, they're all ignoring that and the full focus is on meeting the engineers okay then we move there and I'm assuming they moved unopposed into the engineers room there's no worms running around to affect them or anything presumably like that presumably not Presumably not. They obviously had a spare space suit ready for Guy Pierce's character. They meet the engineer. The engineer comes out, turns out to just be a prick, <laughs> doesn't answer any questions, yep. just knocks out people, and then, you know, becomes the third... That, that's pretty much the third act of the film, where she's running away and so forth like that. Sure. All of that action sequence was just great, gazed you know, glazed, glazed over. It just yep. went too fast for me. I was just like, hey, what happened here? Is this squid still in the ship? You know? <laughs> yeah, you thought they kind of left some things unattended to yes. for too long. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot. It was just too rushed over in the editing and everything. But great movie, man. Like I, I say to everyone, go check it out. It's a Ridley Scott film. It's like a, it's like a big cinematic event for me. It's like sure. if Kubrick was to release two thousand one again. I think it's that big. You know. Yeah, 2001 had its problems too yes. I mean people were not sure what the heck was going on <laughs> with that like door and then the yes. guy who grows old and you know I mean it's it's confusing as well and you watch it and sort of wonder what you've just seen in a way uh, I had my issues with the end of that film the basically 2001? no no sorry um, Prometheus Prometheus the engineer fights off the squid who is like a face hugger pretty much um uh, it's like new... one of those flowers that kind of sucks you into it yeah yeah but it's yeah. pretty much a face hugger but a modified one mm-hmm. and it face hugs him and i thought uh, with the ship crashing i thought okay this is where the ship has crashed and it um this is where you know in alien they find the ship and they go in and they get infected mm-hmm. but he dies in a, a little ship like that little lifeboat ship the little escape pod in alien they find that body inside the ship like he's inside the pilot ship and the his chest is open so yeah. as if he's died inside the ship yep. and then there's a stress signal do not come here you know that was that ended up deciphering the signal. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw the end of Prometheus, I thought, well, this is all wrong. This mm. guy has died inside the lifeboat, not inside the ship. Seems unlikely he would have been dragged there or anything. No, yeah, it seems unlikely. And then I found out, no, no, this is actually two movies away from Alien, mm. the first Alien. So I guess it opens, and obviously with the ending, it opens up a sequel, two and three. Yeah. And Ridley Scott has actually said, no, no, this is, you know, we're still two films away from the from the actual so, Alien yeah, that's movie. not a mistake. That's not a mistake, you know. And well, what about the fact that this engineer 
like crashes in that ship at the end yes. and then manages to make his way from the ship to the little escape pod and he doesn't have like the air is supposed to be toxic and stuff yes. he doesn't have a space suit they've never been seen outside oh yeah he just held point. his breath and ran <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of that like the Scottish woman at one point she's just some random Scottish woman in the ship one yes. of the 17 crew members she's like oh two minutes without a suit and you're dead and which was just so much exposition for the ending. Yeah, yeah. I had a notebook and I wrote down two minutes out of the suit and you're dead like Scottish woman. And I was just expecting that to come back into the end. So it did in a way, yeah, because the guy yeah, yeah. survived two minutes to make it onto the life. Oh, also when her sort of suit is breaking and stuff and it's like, you know, one minute, you know, two minutes without oxygen. Yeah, that sort of thing. It's just, you know, voiceover telling us what's going on. Yeah, that's right. I thought those little red pups were cool uh, that mapped the whole area. You know, oh yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah if there's anything good here, these guys will find it. Yeah, but it seemed like everyone else in that group was surprised and didn't know what they were. And like, <laughs> I mean, if he sort of was like, check out this new technology nobody knew about. Like, you know, <laughs> he's been chosen for a reason. I mean, surely they... He's a geologist, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, like, as if he was the only one who thought to bring them, you know. The and- biggest technological advance in the movie was the medicine, wasn't it? Because she had literally... A thing taken out of her belly. Mm, and then abdominal. She had a, yeah, she had a belly stapled and then she just pumped herself with those... Those little needle drugs. Those yeah. needle things that she's fine. So I just went with it. I went, okay, I'm just assuming that this is a very high level of medication. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to finish on those pup things, they yeah. kind of reminded me of Darth Maul in episode one of Star Wars. Okay. He, had, he had these like black sort of things that flew around and like had cameras and stuff for him. Oh, yeah. I can't even remember. Anyway, <laughs> um, still digging into my problems with the Prometheus. Um, the holograms that David is able to activate in every important place yeah, that they ever go so to. Convenient. Wasn't it? He just though? starts tapping walls and opening doors. They never question him, like, what'd you do, Dave? Next time, if you touch a wall and <laughs> yeah. you're opening up things, tell us. Tell us. Give us, give us a heads up. Oh, you're going to open this door that we yeah, don't yeah. know what's behind? Yeah. That the, the head has been severed into? This, yeah. Yeah, no problems, just open it. I know he had his own agenda. Oh, by the way, I'm just going to have a shower. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird how he was eating food before they woke up, and then he was like, I can't have any food, there's no need. Yeah, yeah, I think he was just experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I watched your dreams. Watched your dreams. Wasn't that a a nice way of, like, showing us her backstory, though? I mean... Very economical. Mm. Well, use it and abuse it, I guess. If you're writing in a story in science fiction, might Mm. as well. (laughs) But those holograms were just too convenient for me. I was like, oh, I know. Wow, they show you the exact thing. Like, it's weird that they even exist at all. (laughs) And the fact that it's like, this is how you turn on this ship sort of thing. You know, sit here, blow this flute. I guess it's similar to having security cameras in a room and then you're accessing the security cameras. Just a more glossier way of showing it. Or sorry, more of a technically advanced way of showing it. It's how security cameras are in 2093. When they went into that room with the giant head, obviously it's on all the posters and stuff. Yes. And all those sort of vases are in there. I was sure they were going to hatch. Oh, yeah, with the, with the yeah, alien. Yeah, with yeah. the worms or whatever. And yeah. it's cool when he dissects it, it just ends up being blood. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I kept thinking, oh, those are all eggs. Just vase-shaped eggs and those are all going to hatch. And then you're going to have like a swarm of whatever the heck is going to yeah, be in yeah, them. those worms. <laughs> yeah, some airborne virus I, I'm or ter- something. Yeah, it's, I think they ex- explained all of that at the end. It's a whole weapons facility. So the whole thing is just this biological weapon. Yeah, they yeah. said that this isn't where the engineers live. It's like where they make their weapons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so this is a big experimentation lab. Yeah. That's kind of cool. 
It is sort of speculation, though. I yeah. mean, we must think that they have other places where they're living. They seem to be fairly dominant superhumans. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. makes sense. It's cool when she um, looks at the DNA and it's a match for their own. So they find out, wow, these guys are actually human. The human Obviously DNA, a yeah. super human form of us. And then that's juxtaposed with um, Fassbender looking at the you know opening the urn and looking at the blood and he looks at that one single drop puts it in the champagne from small things big things have small beginnings or whatever he says i thought the design of the squid looks stupid (laughs) well i mean all right when she's getting that sort of um what do you call it um abdominal thing going on i mean the machine it's sort of in the back of vicar's pod um, had that surgical unit, obviously, only set up to accommodate for a man. Yes. Which I was thinking must be Guy Pierce. Like it's going to work on him if, you know, he needs any kind yeah. of surgery or anything. Um, the one, one thing that got me was like how much it looked like a skill tester arm kind of going yeah. down and pulling out the sort of yeah, yeah. octopus. Yeah. Wow. Well, it looked kind of cheap. Like a skill test. <laughs> Didn't it? Yeah. This is your prize. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, if it's 2093s, I feel like we could have a robot hand or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then, yeah. If they can make a full Android robot like David, it just seems skill tested. I don't know. It's great to see the guy from The Wire um, in this as well. He played the captain. Idris uh, Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba. Yeah, and he's English and he was in The Wire. He was very popular in The Wire. The girls absolutely loved him. He's super fit, has a British accent, and he can act as well. <laughs> His uh, conversation with Charlie's Theron was probably my favorite dialogue. Yeah, in the no, film. That, that was great banter. He says, uh, Are you, you know, a robot? Are you a robot? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, My room, 10 minutes, she's sort like, of thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, Whoa, <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs> Speaking of people dating, though, or uh, otherwise, um, the scientists dating seemed like such an afterthought. It seemed like yeah. the only reason they did that was so that she could get pregnant with an alien. Yeah. Like, if there was no chemistry between them, I didn't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the beginning, they're looking at that invitation thing. They travel together. That's great. And then they're just kind of together. And in one scene, just sort of start making out. And yeah, just, that's right. Yep. You're just like, oh, well, okay, this is just so she can get pregnant with the alien. <laughs> I didn't... Do you reckon that's the fault of the actors or the writing? I feel like it like it wasn't in the script originally. Oh, okay. And sure. that maybe they went, well, how did she get this alien in there? Let's see if we can get her pregnant with an alien. Like, it's something they attacked, yeah. attacked later. And so all these scientists are obviously dating. Yeah. yeah. That makes it easy, doesn't it? I don't know. Not a, not a huge fan of it. It's just a meh kind of... <laughs> just an afterthought. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, the guy with the mohawk... When I read Empire magazine about Prometheus the other month, they made a big deal about him. So I was thinking, oh, he's going to be a really important character, you know? No. And then he's... He's just another guy that dies. Yeah, he's <laughs> smoking weed in his space suit. I mean, presumably. He had a bit of comedy relief. Freaking out. He was the comedy relief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How they get lost. I thought that was stupid. Yeah. How could you get lost? They were, they were like, we're not going into the big scary room. And then they left Yeah, and they got left lost. a long time ago as well. Yeah, I and they, they just, would have radioed in. Or could you just direct us out of here? I just found that, what? It was a little bit like watching like a scary movie. Yeah. Where you're just waiting for everybody to be killed off. Well, yeah. Well, that's what Alien was fundamentally. Yeah. Just a slasher film, yeah. ultimately. It's and of, yeah, so it really had its traditions back there. You know, people slowly dying, killing off. And they always seemed like they were going to be killed out there as yeah. well. Um, the scene where they're attacked and it went into his suit, it made the suit seem really flimsy. Yeah. 
You know, like it's breaking his arm and then it's able to sort of slash Oh, wasn't that gory? Oh. <laughs> it mm. breaks his arm. And I watch a lot of UFC fights, you know. I see that a lot. And every time I see it, it just makes me flinch. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not nice. No, no, not at all. Um, Charlie's Theron. Yeah. Um, just a lot of really interesting roles lately. Seems like since she stopped being married to Stuart Townsend... She's picking very good films yeah. and sort of flourishing. In her, her career, career is going up and up. Yeah. She was great in this. You know, she had that moment that, uh, I don't want to say a Shakespearean moment, but, you know, the, the passing on of the torch, she just says... A king has his reign and then he dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Shakespearean, know. it was. Yeah, yeah. She really wants, you know, the crown and he wants to live forever sort mm. of thing. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't even get the crown. No. Nope. Like, Poor gets, girl gets squished. Yeah. That was a terrible death. Can't you run sideways? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the whole time I go, you know what? I reckon I could run this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's running in sand in weird boots. Yes. But you see Numi, like, had time to fall and roll. Yeah, yeah. And then she was fine. Like, it seemed like a few paces to the right or left and you would have been fine. Oh, I reckon. I would have done uh, exactly uh, in Forrest Gump, you know, just run straight forward, keep looking, yeah. look up once and then turn right away. <laughs> as, as your metal braces break off yeah, your legs. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, Forrest Gump had the directing him to run, you know, in the football game. He just, mm. yeah, just like that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm just getting a little off track. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Vickers, who was Charlie Theron's character, you know, she set Charlie Holloway on fire. She indicated how ruthless she was. She was so detached from everything. And then, what a twist. Guy Pierce is her dad. It's like, <laughs> who cares? Like, it's completely unnecessary. Also, it feels like. Why would she come on this mission? Honestly. Yeah, no. It doesn't feel like enough, yeah, like motivation. She should just assume that he didn't make it back until he comes back and then she should be running the company back on Earth. It was such a weird thing to put her, um, to put herself at that risk. Mm. You know, you gotta. Oh, she had that big escape pod and stuff, which was her, like, you know. Oh, yeah, to, yeah. You know. uh, insurance, I guess. Sure, yeah. But I just felt like, what's she doing there? Yeah. Like, what's her motivation? She, she wants to see her dad succeed or die? Like, I guess she's overseeing the company, but I felt that's what the android was there for. Like, um, yes, like it, it had another agenda. Company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she, I guess she was just there to protect the $3 trillion they spent on the trip and stuff. Ugh, $3 trillion. Whatever. I think it was $8 trillion. Whatever. <laughs> well, it was just a throwaway line. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the king has his reign and then he dies. You know, I thought immediately Lloyd's going to dig that Shakespearean. <laughs> Shakespearean. Oh, I love that stuff. Mm. I just think it's funny how they finally meet the maker. They try to talk with her. What does he do? He's just a prick. You know, he tears off her head. He rips, kills all of them. You know, yeah, doesn't yeah. want to explain anything. And I, I wanted one of the soldiers to be running away. They're just pricks. <laughs> yeah, that, that... So what did he say? Who cares? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> That uh, head ripping off scene was like really well done. I thought. like aliens, um, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, when Bishop gets um, the tail through his body, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. But he um, was able to sort of keep operating, you know, because he's an android or a robot or a replicant or whatever he is, and uh, he still sort of is able to sort of communicate, as you see. But then I thought the was really well done when they put him in the bag and stuff. You know, it still seems like he's Michael Fassbender and he's operating. So I thought the effects were really, really good. And I figure this will probably win some effects, you know, Oscars and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the front runner. It looks amazing. 
Yeah, I gotta I gotta bring this up and compare it to the Alien franchise and what's happened to it. I think universally it's agreed that Alien has gone down since Alien Resurrection, and it, the, what the nail in the coffin was was Alien vs Predator. I think it's killed the whole franchise. This I think has kind of brought it back, like at least respect to the franchise back was like. Oh, you know the Godfather is back, and mm. he's going to put some prestige to it. And I thought he did that. You know, at the end, it's although it's a glimpse, only at the end, this alien at the end, and he just mm. like, oh, that's just the sequel. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's just a trailer. <laughs> it's like so many films now are saying, "Hey, you like our film, and we'll give you a sequel." Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, you know, the well, Avengers. Studios might... love that, man. They want they, once a film opens, Holland, we can make three movies of this, a Spider Man two and three. You know, yeah. everything's in trilogies. Is it? I'm a fan of that. I love it. I love when the Dark Knight ended and was like, cool, there's a third one to look forward to, you know, or the Avengers ends and you go, cool, a second one. <laughs> or even even when Batman Begins ends and he holds up the Joker card and he says, oh, new, new yeah, guy calls yeah. himself the Joker, you know. Yeah, so I like it. And then this film ended up like, cool, I just hope they don't screw this up. Because yeah. <laughs> well, it's very easy. Ridley, I, I know Ridley's exactly like that. He'll just go, no, I'm off doing another film, you know. He's not like the guy who sticks to franchises. Like, I know... James Cameron like I was thinking it would be cool if James Cameron jumped aboard and somehow did the sequel to Prometheus and linked it to Avatar <laughs> wow, you know a, all in the same universe that's a big ask yeah. isn't it <laughs> or throwing the Avengers in there as well <laughs> oh and the Terminator yeah we can send it back in time <laughs> he could just appear in one second yeah. naked and then he's just sort of looking for someone's clothes yeah 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 <laughs> Oh, no, no. The guy comes in the motorcycle and goes, have you seen this boy? (laughs) (laughs) And and they haven't, and then he just rides off. (laughs) This is why we're not working in Hollywood. (laughs) No, I think it's because everybody owns different rights, you know. That's what it is. Yeah, definitely. So for Prometheus, I mentioned I had a problem with the third act. In the trailer, if you don't stop, there won't be any home to go back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen that argument. Yes. I thought there might be more to that argument. Yeah. There wasn't really... They just left more questions than answers. That was the whole film, wasn't it? Well, I mean, what what bugged me was that was her argument to convince those three pilots to crash their plane into the, you know, engineer plane. To wasn't stop that them. a cool part, though? But, cool? but it just felt like that wouldn't convince them. <laughs> yeah, it was just at the heat of the moment. You yeah. couldn't believe me, these guys are going to kill... I don't know, if I, saw that, if I saw that guy kill my man and it took me... 12 guys to bring him down and then I see on the videos everyone's dying off one by one I would probably go yeah this thing ain't coming like he even said it. he goes no this thing ain't coming back to earth you know mm. whatever this virus is and when he sees the ship flying up I, I, I went with him I was like yeah let's just kamikaze this bad boy <laughs> see now maybe it's my own self preservation kind of mentality sure yeah but I was watching it and Vickers Charlie's Theron's character ejects there's two other dudes on there. Why don't they eject? No, they went down with their captain. That's, that's what I liked about it. That's ridiculous. So the end, it was a Viking funeral. That's what I didn't like about it. I, I was thinking... And one of the guys was Japanese. <laughs> wow. Um, I was thinking it was a stupid strategy. What if it didn't work? Then they're all dead. Yeah, it had a shield. It just got Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they explode and it didn't even dent it. No, but he... I thought it was foreshadowed a bit. He goes, whatever happens, I'm not letting it come back to Earth. Well, it was foreshadowed in the trailer when you see the two of them collide and the ship sort of crashing into <laughs> Earth. Um, and well, really... 
a trillion dollars and you don't have any weapons on your ship that you can yeah, fire it wasn't a it, uh, it, this isn't a military vessel this is a scientific <laughs> which is so ridiculous a trillion dollars they've got like a surgical thing in the back which may be unnecessary yeah yeah you know but they, they got a flamethrower and a couple of handguns yeah they don't think to attach a few missiles to the ship like you could have shot it down and then you all would be alive. Well, did Apollo 13 have missiles on it? No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they were the same. <laughs> Lloyd, it's different. <laughs> it's right, very fine. different. <laughs> but I thought it was a waste of money. Well, if we dollars. land on Mars in 20 years, and if they don't have a nuke with... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if they know there's life forms there, or yeah, they're yeah, presuming... They, they should be armed, yeah. Hmm. Well, superhumans are gigantic. Anyway, um... <laughs> We'll talk about the last thing I think we should talk about, the alien showdown. The whole octopus human you The know. superhuman versus the big face hugger. Yeah, which formed an alien. I mean <laughs> f- <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's the idea of creating genetics, modifying genetics and then it going out of control. Like a, I think the classic word is mutation. Mm. And it's kinda sad seeing the alien form and oh it was just a mutation that's all it was the aliens were a mutation Mm. Um, so that's kind of sad it's a weird answer isn't it it is a weird answer you know I was hoping there was more to it but it's good they could have easily just been their own race they could have been their own race no Mm. that's that's a very valid point you know Mm. but it, it was a clash between what human superhuman and that's it isn't it no no and uh no, that's it. It's a superhuman and a human and whatever they genetically engineered. That's what the aliens are. Mm. Uh, pretty. Yeah, now they've got to answer predators. <laughs> I guess so. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be cool if Prometheus <laughs> just touched on that? Oh, my God. If there was just sort of a, a predator suit and yeah, it turns yeah. out that, you know, they're just hanging in a closet that they open and they're like, that's weird. And then they just keep walking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's certainly open to a sequel if... Uh, Numi Rapace and Michael Fassbender return yeah I, I don't think Ridley Scott would return to it I don't think he'd commit five more six more years of his life mm. onto a Prometheus 2 and 3 like, uh, like but um, he could just give his blessing to another director yeah and no, they'll flush it down the toilet I don't think that's ever in the history ever been a good thing like when a director like if Christopher Nolan gives the Dark Knight to somebody else and just produce it I think it'll be terrible I, I don't think there's any director like there's only one guy who can do that you know well, like it's like James Cameron giving away the Terminator franchise look how much that went down the toilet I don't yeah. think it will yeah yeah well I mean McGee did Terminator Salvation oh and Terminator 3 <laughs> come on um you know um I, I've heard James Cameron saying he's not doing anything else but Avatar 2 and 3 and mm. his diving you know so he's out um I really do hope they make a 2 and 3 of this and link it all up well I mean J.J. Abrams did Star Trek you know, Mission Impossible 3, then Star Trek. I mean, he could theoretically take on the helm. Cause he's... And you think it'll be that good? As good as Prometheus? I don't, because I didn't like Star Trek. You like that? You like that, viewers? <laughs> Listeners, sorry. Yeah, definitely not viewers. Um, well, I don't know. I feel like this would have been a better film, maybe. Maybe a braver film if they'd all been killed. Oh, okay, sure. Just tie the whole thing up. If you yes. don't want to create characters... I felt the same way. I felt like it should have just ended. I don't care if they don't answer all the questions, mm. you know. The alien should have probably... You know, the alien popped out of him in the chair and then link it all up. That That's the end of it, an alien one. Because mm. I, I think leaving the franchise up for two more films yeah. before Alien leaves too much room. Something could happen to Ridley and it fall into evil hands, you know. 
I mean, eventually but somebody else. Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, someone else will make a film though yes. with aliens in it. I mean, it's a billion-dollar franchise. Yeah. Like I know, Alien vs Predators one and two have killed off the sort of franchise. Like they bombed at the box office, mm. and thank God for that. <laughs> um, you know, but it's still a cool franchise. The comic books, the video games, everything about it. There's so much money to be made. You just need a very talented scriptwriter. Mm-hmm. What you got with your J.J. Abrams man. And a super well, Dam- Damon Lindelof did the script. Sure, I, yeah. said, I just said J.J. Abrams could direct a sequel. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. And you need a very good director at the helm and a top-level cast, and that's mm. the ingredients to make a very good um, Alien. And I just, I, I love Prometheus. Prometheus, I like it. I wish I'd make a, two, uh, a second one just to just to give me closure on the you story. You want more of the story? Yeah. Yeah. I want more of the story. I don't, I don't necessarily care what happens with the superhumanoids. I, I just want the alien part aspect of it to be all tied in. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. Go check out this film. It's mm. it's amazing. Well, if you listen to this podcast, chances are you haven't watched the film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you usually say that. You yeah. say, you know, go check it out. I highly recommend or, it. Or recommend it to other people who haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Or let us know what you think on our Facebook yeah. page. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Next time, we will be sampling a DVD called Chronicle, which is uh, about three boys who get uh, superhuman powers. So I guess we'll see what we think of that next week. All right. All the best, guys. Thanks, guys.